Hey everyone, welcome to Slides Golf Talk. So tonight we have a special guest from the US Am Tour, the number one amateur golf tour in the nation, a friend of mine and a very good guy, Mr. Lloyd Canterbury. Hey Lloyd, first thing I'd like to do is thank you for being a guest here on Slides Golf Talk. Can you please just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Hi. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Uh, it's my first time out, so hopefully uh, it'll be productive for everybody. I'm uh, currently running the Baltimore Tour for the USAM Tour. I ran two years of the Golf Channel, went under, and then last year was our first year with the USAM Tour, and now that we're in our second year. And uh, just a player first, and I'm directing and very interesting running tournaments and you know I've actually got to meet more people doing this versus just playing you know you come in and you go out playing you don't really get to meet people but now you know getting to meet everybody and do all the footwork for it and all the you know business that goes along with it and it's it's been fun just normal guy like everybody else I'm a construction guy in the daytime and Golf guy in the evening and the weekends. Yeah, and all the players, all the players appreciate everything that you do for us, Lloyd. And we know it's a tedious job, and um, it's a lot to have on your plate, um, especially when you have another job, you know, and you're trying to handle that at the same time and have everything prepared um, for the weekend for you know for all the players. Well, for the record, I, I couldn't do it without my number one over there, Carolyn. So she's she's a big help. Thank you, Carolyn. No problem. problem. <laughs> she does a great job. If you all fun. know Carolyn, she's the pace of play watchdog out there. So yeah, we're gonna touch. We're gonna touch on that. We're gonna definitely touch on that. Um, so the first thing I wanted to also bring up, um, Lloyd, I wanted you to share um, the upcoming schedule. Um, what do you have down? What you have planned for the Baltimore tour? Um, so if you can share that with us, what's coming up, um, and then we'll go into participation. Yep, so we got a bunch of good things coming up. You know, we try to make it as fun as possible. You know, obviously it's golf, uh, tournament golf, different animal. You know, you want to come out and compete and all that. But uh, so golf in mind, events coming up. Uh, so the next event we will have is on the 16th, which is at Maryland National. Um, and if anybody's played Maryland National before, I mean, it's in great shape, always a challenge. Um, so that will be up in May, and then the following week we have two events, Saturday and then Sunday at the Queenstown Complex, um, Lakes and River. Um, That's back-to-back? Yeah, back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. It's not a major, it's two one-day events, uh, um, and uh, always a great track there, always fun to get there which uh, will lead us into the next event after that. We'll get over to PB Dye over in Imesville. Uh, that's in June as well. That's uh, June 6th. So uh, PB Dye then, and then the following week is the two-day major down at the Glen uh, Riddle courses. Yeah. That's Saturday and Sunday, but Baltimore Tour will have a Friday event on the 11th, and we'll do Rum Point. Another great track, beautiful views. Uh, it's a really good time. We hope to have 70 plus players down there is the norm. So good field. 
Yeah, so and you're doing something different this year that I, I noticed, and I think that's a great idea. Um, so normally with, you know, for everyone that's listening, when we have a major, we'll have a pre-tournament on a Friday, um, which would be a, a three-day thing. You have a single tournament on Friday, then you have the major on Saturday and Sunday. So what Lloyd is doing this year, um, he has Cambridge scheduled on that Monday, correct? On Monday, following the Sunday final of the two-day major. So the idea is, for those of you that have been to War on the Shore as it once was, and now it's back, so typically War on the Shore ends on Sunday, and if you're one of the unfortunate ones, you're driving back in the middle of the hot afternoon in the car with the kids kicking and screaming in the back because they want ice cream and they didn't want to leave the beach. And so this way, the idea is you can stay over Sunday night at the beach mm-hmm. and Monday drive back. Um, yeah, I think that's a great way. It's a shotgun start, starts at 11 o'clock. So plenty of time in the morning to get there and warm up. And then hopefully with any luck on a Monday afternoon, you'll be heading back over the bridge by three or four o'clock and have a nice ride. So yeah. So that's the idea is, uh, I mean, it'll be a great time as always, Baltimore tour. We take advantage of things like that because, you know, technically going to be in a vacation. And yes, yeah. it's a golf vacation, but people bring their families. They should. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be senior week this year. It's the week after senior week. So that'll make it a lot easier and less stress. That can be real challenging. Yeah, my wife was really happy when she saw the, that it was four days. Uh, yeah. Like say, coming back on that Sunday and trying to get back across that bridge. Yep. And it can be tedious. It can be tough. Well, it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that Carolyn and I like to do. I mean, while well, I'm planning it all, but Carolyn's always there to help bit of it but mm-hmm. I'm going we're going down on Thursday we're down Thursday and probably play a practice round and more than likely I will put a skins game together for an afternoon twilight rate yeah and still go to work on Thursday come down in the afternoon we'll do a little skins game for everybody that wants to jump in you know I'll set all that up everybody that's signed up for the run point for the Monday event will get an email um, I can single out those players particularly. Yeah. And then maybe we'll get, you know, maybe like we get at Rocky Cap, we might get 20-some players. I mean, and that's a pretty good lineup. I mean, if you guys, you know, just listening, this is this is Run Point on Friday. Then you have Glenn Riddle on Saturday and Sunday. And then you're going to finish up at Cambridge on a Monday. Yep. Those are, you know, four very, very good courses. Um, I played them all. Um, the good thing here, you can also stay at Cambridge. Stay there as well. You can head out <laughs> Sunday and spend the night there if you'd yeah, like. Exactly. So Lots you of options. Good. You have a lot of options there. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is we've been locked up for a long time. So those, those people that are able to get out and, and have gone here or there to a major, you know, gotten a chance to spend a weekend somewhere. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. This year, and they've always in the past, as well as with the U.S. import, it's a family thing. I mean, we encourage family participation, spectators and things like that. Yeah. And and this now becomes a going down the ocean, down the ocean hunt, as you Baltimoreans say. You take the family down for the weekend and, you know, it, it's supposed to be a good time. And that's, we'll do every bit of our part to make it a good time, so. Yeah, and the perfect thing about that, Lloyd, is, you know, kids are wrapping up school during that same week and um, the family can 
start that as a mini vacation. It's a good way to start the summer. So that's so then that's the one on the shore, and that takes us through Monday the 14th. Mm -hmm. And then the Baltimore Tours next event is going to be um, June 19th, which will be Worthington Manor. As we all know, a U.S. qualifying course, very difficult, very challenging, um, beautiful course. So that one is on June 19th. So a good follow-up to the week prior as well. Now those that just went and spent tough four days. That's a tough course. Yeah, it's a tough course to follow up after the war on the shore, let me tell you. <laughs> Hopefully we're not following the U.S. Uh, qualifier. I think the U.S. Open is around that same time, time period. So coming after Glen Riddle and Ocean City and going to Worthington Manor where they have that tough, thick rough is going to be pretty tough. Yeah, now, okay. Yeah, so in, in the past, I don't I don't know where the qualifier qualifying courses are this year, but I know the US Open are pretty quick. But. Okay. Yeah, I know they did it there and they also did it at um uh, Lake Presidential. Okay. Yeah. Other difficult course. Another difficult course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we have enough tough courses on the Am Tour. So I look forward to Worthington. That's on, you said that's yeah. June But there will be a lot of PGA pros coming to town because they've got uh, FedEx Cup making its move through Cape Valley down the street here. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, sure. so, yeah, we'll probably, I mean, if we're lucky enough, you know, on some of the, you know, they, they might veer off of the Cape Valley course for practice and go stop here or there or wherever. Yeah, you know, maybe true. some of us will get lucky enough to see some PGA pros out you know, out and about. Yeah, maybe they'll come watch us on a USN yeah, tour. You never know. <laughs> I might have to work on that. I'll, I'll have to get one of my Ohio boys to come down. Yeah, we we'll have to do that. I'll, I'll call up the Jason Duffner oh, and tell gosh. him, hey, man, come on down. <laughs> See, and I was trying to be polite and not put anything raving up. In this interview, I said, you know, I'm just not going to have anything with raving. There's raving stuff right up here. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I know uh, there's a I know there's a Raven fans not too far from you, so yeah, she, yep, she's yeah. nearby. <laughs> <laughs> listening to every word. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, so and we did pretty good on the draft, I may say. So yeah, uh, Cleveland did pretty good in the draft. I haven't had a chance. Uh, you know, they had the draft this year at my hometown, and I helped build that place up there, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Right next okay. to Brown Stadium and. I didn't get to see any of it. I was really disappointed, so I have to look into it. Yeah, you got to get it back up there, man. Yeah, I don't mean to sound like a Fairweather fan when it comes to football, but it's golf season, so my head's wrapped around golf right now. Yeah, we understand. Yeah. You have to take uh, care of us. It's a nice place to visit up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll go up there with you guys one day. Hey, we'll make a trip out of it. We'll go yeah. play some North Coast of America golf courses. Yeah, that'd be cool. Beautiful views, you know, go catch some walleye. Not as nice as the rockfish, but they're still fun, you know. Yeah, I love some rockfish. Yeah, like man. I say, like I say, I may get some tonight. If they don't have my flounder, that's, that's what I usually get. It should be the opposite way around. It should be rockfish. Are you a yeah. chef? Can can you put chef on your resume as well? No, I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm not, I'm not cooking it. <laughs> I'm, I, my mother is a chef. She makes all that stuff, and she's southern. You know, she's from South Carolina, so she did a good job, you know. Hey, you know, 
yeah. boiling things like that or exactly. like, you know, no. catfish fried catfish yeah i love it <laughs> so um, after june 19th is working yep. so june 19th so that's uh on june 19th um june 6th june 11th 14th 19th and then the next event we will have so we'll get a little break there uh july 3rd we will go up to the links of Gettysburg. another yep. difficult northern course um beautiful track yeah, uh, hopefully there won't be too many people up but it's on fourth of fourth of july weekend and uh hopefully we'll get some people out we will more than likely do some sort of a um celebration of sort even though it's not on the fourth but um you know we like to celebrate america as well as our veterans mm -hmm. uh, you know very important to us so links to gettysburg falls on independence day weekend and so we'll look forward to having a little something for the players as usual you know make something fun you know yeah, while you're there. We, we have a lot of veterans uh in our, in our plays in on i am tour not just from baltimore but it's across the am tour all, all together so That'd be cool. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, as you well know, we, we respect our veterans and love the military and, you know, guys that have sacrificed and serviced. You know, I was not fortunate enough to do it. That's another matter, but, you know, ever since I've been able to do this, always try to do something um, you know, on our military celebration days and as well as our country's birthday. and nation's birthday so you know always something very important yeah i just did one uh i don't know if you saw listen to that one i just did one with lawrence wilson who's a 21 year veteran oh, Marines. yeah oh i didn't know that maybe we had lawrence out just the uh just the other day so yeah good to yeah. see him you know we probably don't ask enough to know who's who and what service they put up but you know the the love is there put that way yeah, Lars did 21 years and he dealt with, he went through combat and, you know, he's, he's a really good guy. We call him Gunny when we play with him. We don't call him Lars, but. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. call him Gunny from now on. Yeah, he'll be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, so Lindsay Gettysburg and then um, following that, we're going to be down in uh, Woodmore. Go back to Woodmore Country Club. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was hoping you would put that on the schedule. Yep. Woodmore Country Club, July 26th. Um, you know, the we had a lot of good times there. Our last tour championship was there, the two-day event in August, when we were once upon a time at Ball Channel. Yeah. And it was another perfect weekend. Shotgun start on Saturday, picnic yeah. immediately following. Beautiful setting. You know, the course is great. And the staff is great. Rosie and them were really good to us. And uh, so we had, we weren't able to secure our two-day championship this year, but we will have the one-day uh, event on. Yeah, just the fact that you have them on the schedule, that's, that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a Monday event. So I mean, I understand. We all understand that those courses that are private, they're usually going to be a Monday or. Mondays have been our biggest challenge with a lot of uh, private courses and um, Eagles Nest, Piney Branch. Unfortunately, wouldn't let us back in this year because our numbers went up. Yeah, as we get Piney Branch back, but we're going yeah, to come back next year. Another beautiful course, but uh, you know they're they've had to open their Mondays up in November. Yeah, and unless you're coming in with a, a handful of people, you know they'd rather give it to the member, which is I mean, and that's understandable, and that's something we're going to talk about 
but I'll, are you, I'll let you finish the schedule. Yeah, and then I'll we'll finish. Go. I got I got one more. So then yeah. July 26th is Woodmore. And then to date, the only event that's scheduled, and, and I'll look into one more possibly in early August. Uh, August 14th and 15th will be the Baltimore two-day championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one will be at the Queenstown River course on both days. That's perfect. Doubling up on Queenstown. So make sure you come out in May to get that practice round in. Everybody that's interested. Um, and there will also be practice round rates available for some of the courses coming up this year. As you know, key times have tightened up. So yeah, yeah. for them to offer players coming in there a discount is really hard. So, But uh, the Queenstown River Corps is taking real good care of us this year. And we'll have our two-day event there. Shotgun on Saturday with a, a, a get-together and cookout afterwards, immediately following. So you'll get out in the afternoon early. And then the tea times, uh, straight tea times on Sunday, the final day. And, yeah. Uh, Doing the cookout is, is is another great idea. I know Ross does that down in North Carolina a lot. He, you know, usually have cookout and gatherings after. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up on a horse farm. We always did clam bake with our boarders and stuff. Yeah kind of learn, you know, for group outings, it's very important for people to eat and drink and have a good time. And, you know, what better people to do it with than players. Every, I mean, you guys are all like family to me, you know? So I, when I do these cookouts, I think of my family when we used to get together and there'd be 30, 40 people out in the riding arena having a clam bake, you know? So it's kind of down those lines where that's how I come at this stuff. When it's listening, I mean, that's a great schedule. You can't get a better list of courses than the courses that Lloyd just mentioned. So if you're in the Baltimore or the DC area, please make sure that you uh, sign up for the Amp Tour if you're looking for a great competitive round of golf. I mean, this is the closest you're gonna get to a PGA feeling or a PGA feel uh, to the tournaments. Sign up for the US Am Tour and play some of these great courses that Lloyd just mentioned, along with a, a bunch of major courses across the country that uh, I'm sure that you guys will enjoy. So Lloyd, now we're gonna go into actually talking about um, improving participation, trying to get people to sign up for the tour. Um, a lot of people don't know about the tour, so um, let's go into that topic. So, like, what are some of the things that you've done or that you're doing to improve uh, participation sign-ups uh, for the U.S. Amp Tour? Well, there are a couple of things that we can do. I mean, social media has been a great platform. So, um, you know, when I created the uh, U.S. Amp Tour Baltimore page on Facebook, one of the players' wives, uh, Amber Doobie, helped me set it up, and almost immediately... You know, because it went out to my friends list, basically, and we've got uh, over well over a hundred members watching our updates, posts, and pictures, and and uh, so I think so. The social media is a great platform, right off the get go. One of the biggest things always been word of mouth. Yeah. You just a perfect example in your flight in the Hogan's. I met a young man, Ben Hunsley. Yeah. last year down at Needwood and um, we were just talking we were playing together we just started talking about it and, and I just my approach to it to him was sort of the same thing that I went through a long time ago when I first 
you know, my golf game was improving. Who knew that you could play golf around in Baltimore? Yeah. Cleveland, we played on frozen greens. You hit the green, you pick up the two putt, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So coming down here, playing year round, and my game started improving. So I started looking for some competitive events, tournaments. I came across the Golf Channel back then. Yeah. And uh, so I had no idea what competitive golf was. I knew how to play, didn't know all the rules, which is a whole nother topic. And that's the thing a lot of people don't realize, so, right? Yeah. They, know, it's, it's, they, it's entirely different it's not, game. It's not golf with your buddies. It becomes a whole different experience. Yeah. And, you know, for the time you invest and the money you spend, the last thing you want is that DQ on the race yeah. point, point yeah. standing. You know? Yeah. Everyone wants to see that DQ. <laughs> so yeah. you learn the rules and things like that. But, you know, getting into competitive golf, I mean, I just kind of jumped in. And after you're there for a little while, you start meeting more people and you start sharing that with them. You're having a beer at the bar or whatever. Hey, I joined this new thing and there's all these great people. And, you know, I met my four horsemen friends, Scotty, Joel, and Johnny. Mm -hmm. And we traveled forever and talked people about it and probably brought some more members on here and there. so word of mouth is great once you experience it and the, you know, camaraderie and everything like that, you'll want to share. And next thing you know, you'll have two or three of your guys coming out from your normal group on the weekend. Yeah. They're joining the tour. They may not play a lot of events and that's fine, you know, but they're coming out for the experience. The word of mouth is a lot. So like you said, Lloyd, you know, by having introduced your friends to this tour and you guys are out traveling and hanging out together, um, it's basically like a family. I mean, your friends are there and you're building more friendship. Everyone is close. And we're doing this thing every weekend together. Uh, the Baltimore tour, and it's not just the Baltimore tour, but all the tours across the USM tour. It's almost like a family within the tour. That's really how I... I really look at it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Guys are like my best friends out there, you know. I mean, yeah. And I'm sure when Aaron logged on, he probably thought you were sitting in my house with all those pictures that you got behind me. <laughs> what picture? Yeah, I was wondering you about mean that. these. <laughs> oh, you mean these? <laughs> That's Aaron? messed up, man. You, you mean you these that. pictures back here? Look, look at this one. The prom picture is the one. Oh I my have. gosh! And I love the prom picture. <laughs> Sly is like a hero to me. He thinks I'm joking, but can't Aaron, believe you did that, man. I did not realize you had a bro wall. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I do now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just it's like one big family. I just want to see us, you know, as a tour overall, be successful, you know, especially after all the stuff we experienced with the previous tour. I don't know if I can say oh. that name. I don't want to get sued or anything, but, um, but you know, a lot life, of people- Life happens. Yeah, a lot of people were pretty let down and, you know, wanting to know what was the next step, you know, what are they going to do? They were, what options did they have? And 12,000 members nationwide. 12,000, yeah. Uh, and a lot of guys were left, you know, some guys just recently did rediscovered us just by happenstance, like I did once upon a time. I was just looking through the internet and boom, here they come. And people don't even know what happened. Not, they know what happened to the Golf Channel yeah. once, once it happened. Yeah. 
but they don't know what happened to all of us that were still here, you know, looking for those and doing our thing. So it's nice to see some players coming back. You know, there's over 5,500 members nationwide now. So the Amphor is growing again. It's definitely coming back. It's coming back. And it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's camaraderie and, and good players like yourselves and, you know, uh, guys that are coming out and wanting to put into the tour and promoting it. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not always the best fit for this person or that person. And that's fine. But at least, you know, guys like you and I, or, or even Eric or even uh, Aaron are out talking it up and, you know, telling people, hey, if this is a good weekend deal, come on out and play. You know, you're making money, you're getting some nice gifts, and you're doing what you love with people that you care about. You know, that's very important. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to it. I try to balance that with the family and everything, but I mean, how can you not go out there and enjoy competing because it's competitive, you know, against your friends and then afterward just shaking each other's hand and say good round and then drinking some beer or doing whatever. Um, but that's what it's all about. It's just getting together and just having a fun weekend with, you know, with your friends. Yep. And we missed that for those few months when this whole thing hit with the pandemic and we were all stuck in the house and not be able to go out and play golf like we wanted to because the courses were shut down and um you know i ran into a few i ran into a few of those golfers uh, in williamsburg and and uh, i seen people i haven't seen in a while and they said be honest with you slide i didn't know the amtour us amtour was was i didn't know it was in, in existence i didn't know it was there so you know they found out through word of mouth or somebody that they seen that was on the you know the old tour told them hey you know they got the usm tour so i think it's going to come back you know, I don't know at what pace it's going to come back. Coming around. Coming back, yeah. I think it's coming around. Um, I think, uh, I, I think, I, I mean, really, because I've watched, been watching the numbers for at least a few months now. And mm -hmm. early on last year, you know, you kind of see the numbers crawling and creeping along. But now it seems like it's pumping in leaps and bounds. Yeah. You know, as far back as, October, November, there were only 3,000 members. Yeah, Most Rick, those... post, Rick posted every, you know, every every milestone, yeah. so that's a good thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I think uh, by the end of the season, I, I don't see why we wouldn't be over probably six to 7,000. And then next season, you know, we'll see. But I think it's going to continue to grow and, you know, formats, um, uh, platforms like yours are, you know, frankly, what's going help. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, um, to give back to the game. And to me, giving back to the game is spreading the word, like, you know, having this conversation with you, you know, talking about discussing the Amtor. I mean, I have been playing this Amtor for about 12 years when you combine this with the Golf Channel. So I just want, again, I just wanted to just try to do my part, Lord, you know, help out, um, you know, introduce this part of the game to you know to the world and uh, to the local um, players around in this Baltimore DC area so I try to do my best thank you I appreciate that and this you know this kind of leads into um, our next topic um, you know increased payouts the last time when you and I discussed this we were at Musket about a week ago and you kind of mentioned that um, you know the payouts have increased and I think that's another motivation 
um, for players to want to join this tour. So if you want to talk about that, that that'll be great. Let's, let's, let's move on to that topic. So the thing is, uh, the AM tour, as the past AM tour, there were, you know, we go by a guideline manual that we follow that's recommended from, you know, the powers that be at the AM. Um, they're recommended payouts. They have minimum. Basically, all it says is minimum payout required. And, and it always depends on how many players are in each. So, you know, for the most part, most of our events, unfortunately, have gone up in price due to COVID and supply and demand or whatnot. So it's gone up a couple bucks, not a lot. Some cases, yes, some, no. But, but the number of players that come out is what uh, where your payout amounts determined. The AM tour has a minimum amount. So what we are trying to do, try to negotiate some different costs and purchase trophies in advance and things like that, and saved on some money here and there. And you know, if can't, I don't know if you can see it now, but the the Sagamore Rye up here, we yes, have, uh, we're going to have a part sponsor come in. Yeah. Coming up at some of our events with some okay. of our nice decanters, we're going to raffle off some of our bottles and in an attempt to raise monies for our year-end tournament, yeah. uh, two-day championship, as well as uh, Campbell Cup. So, um, so with that in mind, I've been able to increase the payouts more so for first place during the, this year and last year was been very challenging to do that only because the cost of increase. Yeah. But we put our minimum spin on top of what the Amtour uh, requires and the course charting. So not a lot. There's room to work with. You know, we buy gift cards from worldwide gift shops. That's our payouts. Um, and then our trophy purchases, things like that. You know, there are many variables with cost, but so there are, uh, so what I did was I tried to base purchases off numbers last year. And we were a little curious on how that was all gonna play out. Yeah. But um, there are some events that trophies still have not been bought for. One of the uh, the favorites is that damn green beer uh, growler thing. That's a popular one. So. So we're going to bring that in to play one of the events coming up. Uh, the two-day tour championship will be glass. I prefer the glass. I think that as these here, uh, some functionality. So, you know, it's always nice to win a trophy. Yeah. yeah. But over time, if you remember when we were kids, you know, we had all those little, little league trophies and, yeah. uh, you know, first place loser trophies for participating <laughs> in a spelling bee or whatever. Yeah. You know, those are nice, but over time, you know, when you're making your man cave and your golf shop, yeah. you know, you want something nice to put up there. So a lot of the trophies I have this year are more so, I don't want to say barware, but it kind of leans that way. Uh, just for the, the usability factor, mm -hmm. um, it would be nice. And I'll, I'll have to look into some of those, uh, I'm sure, now that's a little out of my department, but I'm sure that there's a flag or the plaque that you have there that would have the USEM for 
you know, something U.S. Am Tour logo on the, yeah. the trophy, whether it's a glass piece or just a plaque or. or so you what? like the plaque, Slay? I'm, I wasn't just saying it for just for me. Everybody, that's Carolyn. Oh yeah, she can't see Carolyn, guys, but you can see her hand. She put a hand up every now and then. She might slide over. There she go. There she go. Is she trying to keep up the pace of play? Is that what she's doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> you got 16 hey. minutes. Hurry up. Hey, Aaron, she can't wait till we get to that conversation. She's definitely going to chime in on that one. No, the plaques are good. Um, but I'm just saying mix it up. You know, barware, I'm fine with it. Um, but everyone doesn't have a bar. Everyone doesn't drink. Um, you and I, we do. But, uh, you know, everyone doesn't drink. So... Um, I thought I said mix it up a little bit, you know, like you said, yeah. Carolyn, some plaques or, you know, trophies, standard trophies. Yeah. You know I mean, standard as in playing trophy. I mean, something that they can, you can just put on a mount somewhere, you know, sit somewhere. Right. Well, and and the other thing that I thought about when, when I decided on the majority of these was in the cost savings. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know, everybody may or may not know, but I mean, it's, in my opinion, you know, this is a, it's another one of the jobs I do. Mm-hmm. Don't do it for the money. So I like to put the money back into it. So you'll see, as in the past, you know, I'll open up a, a, bar, ta- a bar tab afterwards and have a beer or serve a hot dog on the yeah. run, whatever. The, the choices that I make on the savings kind of comes to the player's way. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I like the idea of getting the some of the mixing up the trophies. The, yeah. the wrestling, the belt. I had my. <laughs> I wasn't so sure about the belt, but yeah. I mean, it looked like a pretty cool, yeah. pretty cool trophy. You know, uh, I saw a lot of smiles, more smiles than frowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but like you said, it was something different, and uh, so hopefully, you know, there's there's room for some. Uh, to mix it up a little bit, the beer growler I think would be a real, real yeah. thing. We never yeah. did that. <laughs> so it could be expensive. You know, I try to try to you know find the best rate I can, but they're all pretty expensive. So I know that getting trophies is expensive. Yeah, um, and I'm it just is, getting it for it I'm just getting it for two flights and and four you know four places, and it's very expensive. So I can imagine how much it is for you know the, you know for you to have to get it for the you know for the Baltimore tour and each well, event. I can say I like I've the competitions against the other tours too. When we played again, well, we 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 played halfway between Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. here, and if we played against DC, I like the, those kinds of things too. Those kind of events can also bring each tour closer and get more participation per tour. Great. If we can have events like that, yeah, it was match play. And it can be a three-day event, match play. I thought about it. it. Can start off, you know, on a Friday and then dwindle down. Championship be on on a, on a Sunday. Um, we can all talk through that. But those are ideas, like Aaron just brought up, that we can do to try to improve um, the participation factor for each tour. Yep. You know, just mix oh. it up. Well, and 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 I agree with you there. And uh, two, two years ago, well, last year, you know, last year was last year, but. The final year of the last tour, I had set up with the Pittsburgh director, and we did a weekend at Rocky Gap. I went in on Friday and had a skins day, uh, skins match for everybody who wanted to come out. So it was a fun afternoon. We had 23 players, I believe, and Eric was there. I think. Were you there, Eric, on the Friday? Oh, I didn't play. I didn't play in that uh, Rocky Gap. 
Yeah. I played at Rocky Gap, but I didn't play at the, uh, um, the, the... We didn't play the Skins event, part. but he was, yeah, we were there. And then, uh, so we did the uh, Friday, I'm sorry, the Saturday event was uh, the Pittsburgh, no, I'm sorry, Saturday event was Baltimore one day. Yeah. At Rocky Gap, and then Pittsburgh's event was on Sunday. And the numbers weren't so great, but it was the first time that we did it, and we wanted it. We brought a lot of players together because a lot of players from north of the border do come down and play the Baltimore events and vice versa. So it was a good meeting time for everybody, as well as the resort and you know all the amenities that came with it. So, but the Friday event had a, a, a hodgepodge of players from a little bit of everywhere, and uh, so we we are going to do that again this year. We'll do it in the fall. Um, probably do another Friday date. Well, it's kind of up in the air right now, but we know we're going to get together now that the world is reopening a little bit mm -hmm. in a safe manner. And, uh, we would like to at least the Pittsburgh and the Baltimore would get that together. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I would look for that in the fall after nationals, probably. Yeah. And that, that was my last win, by the way, Rocky got. So. Was it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You did win. Yeah. I yeah. think I handed it That's right. Yeah. It's right behind me, on, right over here. So That was your last win? It's my last win. You better get it together, buddy. Yeah, no, man. It's pretty bad. It's, it's, it'll come tomorrow. <laughs> it'll come around. Bad. <laughs> there's, there's always tomorrow. There's always that one no, shot that's going to I mean, literally bad. tomorrow. It's going to come tomorrow at, at 1757. <laughs> I, I can't go to 1757. I will miss that one. Oh, I thought I saw your name there. Yeah, I was, but I had to cancel. I had a couple right. of so I'd be like one of the first events that I've missed in a very long time. Uh, going down the same lines of participation with others. Um, so the Campbell Cup is, some people may or may not know, uh, once upon a time, Kevin Campbell ran the Baltimore Tour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he handed me several trophies, and I still have pictures of them, and there was just something about that guy. Yeah, I miss him, man. I miss him a lot. And we all miss him. Um, and it was just, you know, traveling out of town, you know, the the, the group get-togethers and things like that. I was not um, as close to friend as some of the people were Couch and Signorino and mm -hmm. uh, some of those guys uh, were closer to him than I was, but still he was a part of our lives. He made himself a part of our life. So anyways, uh, Scotty and I, when we took on the uh, tour director jobs, we did talk about a Ryder Cup event uh, once upon a time, and it never really progressed into anything. And then uh, uh, the final year with Golf Channel, we, we talked about it again, and it just never came about. So last year was our year to do it. Last year was uh, opening year for us and members, and uh, we decided that, like you guys just said, you know, we need to get people together and do something other than just stroke play golf. And you know, let's let's uh, let's do the Campbell Cup in honor of Kevin Campbell. And we had in the past we had raised money my uh, years with the Golf Channel. Uh, we did the 50-50 raffle, and we did donate money to ALS as well as Wounded Warriors, mm -hmm. which was the Golf Channel's charity. Uh, but we took on ALS in honor of Kevin and uh, who his 
son Corey won nationals not so long ago. Yep. They're, you know, a big golf family. And so last year we decided to do the Campbell Cup. Unfortunately, it wasn't, uh, we didn't set it up for more than one day. I would like to this year set it up more similar to a Ryder Cup where it's not just 18 holes of golf. We can do, you know, make it a weekend event. DC is hosting this year. Yeah. Uh, that course is yet to be determined. And the format for this year, uh, as far as day, day or days of play, um, have not been determined yet. But the Campbell Cup basically is a Ryder Cup event. Ryder Cup event. There are ways to qualify for it. And both Scott and I came up with um, each flight, both open and senior, as a points leader for the year, which basically mirrors the race to national point system. Yeah. So it's pretty simple to figure out who's who. And then at the end of the season, this year is August 23rd, I believe our season ends, um, you will take the points leaders, provided there are at least five members in each flight in our respective tours, minimum five members. Those members have to play a minimum seven events of our events, both Baltimore or DC. Yeah. Once you complete that, then you're golden for the Campbell Cup um, spot in your respective flight. And uh, yeah. so that's the idea this year. Yeah, and, it, 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 and it's, it's like you're, you're covering two things there because before we just had the flight champion. You're still getting the flight champion, but it's now you're still a flight champion. But now you're participating in the in the Ryder Cup format as well. So I mean, it's taking on a different title, more or less. You yeah. know, and it's for for a great cause. Yep. So Kevin we've, was a good guy, a great guy, great guy, and and we've made our you know our year end points leader, points winner. Um, we've we've made them now the Campbell Cup Player of the Year, more or less, uh, on on respective tours last year. Um, it was fun. We uh, the Baltimore tour, all my flight winners, except for a senior championship. We didn't have a senior championship, and I took the championship spot because our championship players were low last year, which is a whole nother animal. We've been trying to build the champ flight for a long time, so um, get those players up and emailing and this yeah. and that. But anyways, last year. Uh, I took on the championship spot, and then we had 10 other uh, flight winners that received their uh, personalized embroidered bag and cap and vest. And, yeah. You know, try to treat it like a real Ryder Cup and give it that feel. Yeah, I saw the bag. I saw you guys had it up at uh, Greystone. Aaron had one. I know. You I think one. Eric had one. Eric, did you? No, I didn't get one because I was in DC. Scott didn't oh. give them out. Oh, Scott didn't have bags. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Only Baltimore gave out that. <laughs> I got mine. <laughs> Ernestly got his. <laughs> you had told the Scotty, Eric. You had told the Scotty. Is. <laughs> so this year, um, you know, but to Scotty's credit, he did hand out bags at his tour championship. And, yeah. uh, you know, when we originally purchased them, the idea was, you know, we were thinking Campbell Cup very early in the year. And, uh, you know, I was writing him about, 
handing out bags to the players. He had a different idea, you know, that's on him. Yeah. Yeah, you, guys, you guys will be in sync next year. We're I mean, trying to do something, you know, we're each trying to do our our best to promote the sport and promote the competition, but there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah, yeah. At least that's what we used to say back in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, we say it here too. I don't know what they say <laughs> down here, but you know. But, but well, we say it's know. more than, more than one way to skin a brown. That's what we say down here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same same thing, but you know. <laughs> so, so I, I don't know if you want to cover. I want to cover pace and play. Uh, do you want to cover that or? Absolutely, well, I'm all ears, brother. So let's go. So how can we improve pace of play? I thought about one thing that we could do, and I don't know if Carolyn's gonna like this or not, but I mean, she does a great job as far as their pace, but have you thought about spotters? I was talking about spotters though, because uh, not for every hole, for some of the holes where it's so, blind shot, you, you know, you don't know where your ball went, and then guys go looking five, 10 minutes for the ball, say, yeah. I don't know, it shouldn't, be out. it shouldn't be out of bounds or it shouldn't be here. We had a spotter that maybe that'll save some time, it backs up the course. So I have thought about spotters. Um, the problem is, in my opinion, there I guess there is always that one hole. But on our end of it, it's the two of us for the record. Uh, and I'll bring up a situation that happened not so long ago, once upon a time at Nationals. And my four caddy, who wasn't really a four caddy, she was just there speculating. I wouldn't say spectating, but probably speculating while she was out there. And when one of us yelled four, you know, typically the four caddies would like open their eyes and look. Yeah. But when you, when you yell four and you see the person goes like this, yeah. they're more than likely not going to see the ball. To her credit, you know, I almost hit her. I did hit her in the toe, I think. But, but the four, the, the spotters, you're, you're right. It would probably, I think that the spotters are probably the least of our worries for pace of play. And I, I'll follow that up. You know, everybody hits an errant ball every now and then. Yes. Don't know where it went, but there's a lot of rules in place for that. You know, 20 dash one C. Um, 95% certain it crossed this area. So red penalty area, two club lengths. Unfortunately, you, have, you know, sometimes you have to drop and take that stroke. But um, so when it comes to situations like that, search time is crucial, which is why as a group, it's important when somebody's hitting as a group, it's the responsibility of those in a group to watch where the other person's ball goes. We always can't do that. I get it. But for the most part, you're playing as a group. You can be penalized as a group. So why not help as a group? So when it comes to blind shots, that's just something that would be tough to do to put spotters out. Because now we're talking two, maybe four other people out spotting that particular hole. When there's four able-bodied people in that group that can get a pretty good idea where that ball might have went. If it's a high grass, a tree line, a white stake, or any of the colored stakes, 
you know, you never know where, you know, if you're me, you're 180 yards back. <laughs> but if you're guys like you, 250 yard drives plus, you know, it's hard to track that ball. It's still that one person always that don't believe that his ball went out of bounds. So he want to look for it. Um, so the guys should hit their shots and say, hey, we're going to go hit our shots. We'll come back. We'll, we'll assist you. We'll help you look for it. But after that three-minute threshold. Well, that's, and you, gotta, you know, you gotta that's get where, in. and see, I guess maybe a way to look at it is it all starts on the tee box because this is where your pace of play becomes an issue. Yeah. If if at least one other, two other people aren't paying attention on a tee box and someone hits an errant shot, you know, you may have, as you've swung, the sun caught your eye or the glare or a bug flew in your eye. Or, or just know, over a hill, it could be a blind shot. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. And if at least one or two other people aren't watching and say, hey, well, it you know, looks like it's 30 yards past the big tree on the left, might have went over, then then how do you know? You don't know. So you're now you're, you come into that three minute search time. And one of the one of the first things that we always talk about yeah. is if you're in the fairway 20 yards in front of or 20 yards behind of the guy that might have went out, it's your responsibility to hit your ball first because there's a few of you in the group or two of you or maybe one of you that has that opportunity to hit if it's clear in front of you and then go help in that search. Yep. Trust me, I've been in the sticks before. It's no fun. Yeah, You're on a time limit, especially if you're already behind and you don't want to give up on it because I know it's over here. I know it's here. All right. And, and that's when that other rule falls in because I, I heard you mention a few minutes ago that you get penalized as a group, but you know that that's an option. You can get penalized as a group, but you can also, as you can say, don't penalize a group. I'll take I'll take the two short penalties. They won't do that. But you know that's an option. It, it's not an option. I, I want to hear your take on that because you said it's not an option. So. Yep. And what happens is, you know, they have, the player handbook's very specific on the group, and and they they constantly talk about the group. You know, as a group, it's your responsibility to keep up. As a group, mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to finish 14 minutes or less as a group this, as a group that, group, group, group. So when it comes to penalizing, they're very specific. And they say your foursome or threesome or group could face a two-stroke penalty if you finish one off of the time that's yeah. typically yeah. on your scorecard. Yeah, that is in the handbook, you're correct. That is, but yeah. you might want to check with Rick on that because I well, don't know. Well, he's not going to change that. So. No, no, not changing the, the, the handbook, but the fact that one person can be penalized if he's well that's what i mean they're not going to they still i don't want i don't want to speak for them but the rules state as a as a group it's your responsibility to maintain your pace play regardless it's, it's okay. not it doesn't specify anything in particular it just says as a group it's your responsibility but with that comes those lost shots and things like that where it comes down to the you know you guys are spending four plus hours together you have to you know learn a person's routine and be able to say you know we're two holes behind you're circling the flag when it's only your turn to putt things like that cleaning the clubs afterwards those are costing us time so when it comes to that lost ball situation you're already behind 
because a player's cleaning his clubs at every single hole, not getting in a cart, moving to the next hole. Now, if you look at it in 30 second increments, you know, that extra 30 seconds you took to do that deal now affected my lost ball situation. And I've mm. been pretty straightforward all day. Well, now it's my turn. I need help. Yeah. But I'm rushing because everything you've done in the past has put us two holes behind. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Got I, I, I agree, by the way. I mean, it starts, it starts from when you first tee off on that first hole throughout the, the whole The very process. first shot, that as every, they call every, it, ball in the air. Exactly. When that every, ball is in the air, the clock starts ticking. Yeah, and every minute counts, every second. Everything you, you do out there for those four and a half hours or four hours and 15 minutes is going to be a factor. So cleaning your ball, uh, I get that. And and, and uh, I think that we just have to emphasize managing your time through that four hours and 15 minutes. Well, and, and I know we say, I know we said every, every, you know, after what you just said, as far as it being penalized by, you know, everyone's going to be penalized as a group. You know, in the past, I'm not going to talk about the one person thing, but in the past, it was like, okay, well, if there is that one person, notify me, call me directly, and then maybe I can come and do something about it. Which is what we have recently tried to do, and I'm very specific when I say, because I don't want to put any one player in jeopardy. It's not your responsibility, although it is as a group, but at some point you're going to say to yourself, I've already said something to this person three times. Yeah. And they're still doing the same thing. We got Lloyd on speed dial. All you got to do yeah. is text, you know, the automated system now with Blue Golf Live scoring. I can see your scorecards and your times entered when you enter your score after a hole. I can see when you logged in and recorded that time and it's either red numbers yeah. or it's black. And when it's red, you're typically behind. Yep. So there's always a reason for being behind, whether it's the group in front of you, because remember, Blue Golf Live Scoring tracks the the key time that I have put in the system that I send the players. Yeah, That's what Blue Golf Live Scoring starts off of. So when I tee you off a minute late, it's still reading your 10.50 tee time, even though you teed off at 10.51. Those numbers are on the screen for me to see. You know, we'll consider that five-minute delay in the tee times because the general public, you know, didn't finish their first hole but 10 minutes late, and now we're technically behind before the rabbit group even takes off. So all, all that's adjusted and factored in, but the yeah. fact remains the numbers dictate all. Yeah, I'm know? just saying, Lloyd, that is, that's something we definitely have to, we have to try to figure out because... I mean, Carolyn's doing a great job telling people, hey, get on your time. Slide, you guys got to pick it up, you know, get on your time. But I'm fine with it. If we're behind, we need to pick it up. And I'll say, guys, we need to pick it up. You know, we're a whole and a half behind. But there's guys out there that, I don't know if she experienced it. It's not about you. It's about making this thing pleasurable for everyone. And if you're going to get upset because you you don't want to try to pick up the pace, then it's going to be a problem. So we have to try to figure out. We have to try to figure out a way to, you know, that's something that we always try to work on here in the Amtour. We make sure that we stay on point. Try to get in there before I was 15 minutes or whatever. But it happens. And sometimes I'll try and shorten the yardages to accommodate for a difficult course within the numbers that are allowed in the player handbook, yeah. only to speed up the play and to make it easier. Because yes, we want you to come out and play and have fun. Yes, we want you to compete. But you can't do all that if it's not a fair hole. 
yeah. you know? So it's gotta be somewhat fair based yeah. off your handicaps and within reason. Um, you know, and there's always gonna be somebody that doesn't like what you're doing or what you're saying. Yeah. And there's always going to be that one person in that one particular group that can back the course up in 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, he can, he can turn your day into a five hour round that quick. And it's, you know, occasionally you have that one blow up hole, you'll have them too. And all of a sudden those 30 second increments that you added on before, because you were cleaning your clubs and not advancing your play, now you've got that blow up hole, yeah. boom. All of a sudden you're way out of position yeah. and you're facing a penalty. You know, reducing the yardage, not to the point where it's not fair, but do you think we need to reduce it? Cause I, I know you have us playing from pretty far away sometimes with these tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I hit the ball far, I don't mind, but I'm like, man, this is pretty, this is. Yeah, wait a minute, I'm 60 years old. I play <laughs> the same yardage as you do, come on. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> I have it right oh, here. You got it right on the paper. Oh, you guys know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But, well, you know, so, um, and again, in the player handbook, and, and anybody that wants to join, and we encourage people to join the USAM tour because mm-hmm. keep in mind, this is not, it's not like your weekend golf with your friends yeah. you know, on a Sunday morning or whatever. You're coming out, it's just like being in baseball, football, volleyball, hockey, whatever. You're there to compete. You're, you have to follow certain guidelines and rules. You've got a coach gonna yell at you. You've got a referee's gonna penalize you. All that stuff comes into play in golf as well. And now in, in today's world, you know, God bless Tiger Woods. I love, love that guy. My name growing my nickname growing up, my mom gave me was Tiger, so I'm a Tiger as well. <laughs> okay. I had that name my whole life. All right. But God bless that man. But when he came on scene, look at all the millions more people that joined in the golf world. Yeah. Change the face of golf. I mean, let's be frank. I'm just saying for my own interest, self-interest, when I can hit driver and wedge, Lloyd, it's better for me. Yeah. So if you can make it where I can hit driver and wedge, then I think things will be all right. Well, you know, there's an old saying. There's no pace of play. <laughs> there's, there's a saying in golf that came from a very famous person. Um, his name. Oh, Pete Dye. And he said, <laughs> oh, golf is not an easy game. Why would I make it easy for us? <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, you know, going back to the player handbook, for those that are thinking of joining the Antor, which we, you know, we really want people to join and play. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, there are numbers based on your handicap that we are allowed to fit you in yardage wise on a particular course. Most of the time it works out to land on, you know, the blue tees, the white tees and the red tees for most of our flight. There are specified yardage on this part. Most of them fall in the parameters that we're allowed to put you on, you know, for that particular day. So sometimes we can um, have the courses move the T blocks up, you know, five yards here, 10 yards there, whatever, and decrease the yardage, even though when your score is put in, the handicap still determine on the scorecard yardage, the T's that I set you up on. You might play 300 yards shorter that day, but your handicap still determine on the scorecard yardage, slope and rating for the particular day. So, yeah. 
you know, you might play a little better, but it's going to score you on the higher side of it. So based on the course, you know, we'll try and shorten the yardage a little bit as long as it's within the parameters. Yeah. Try and make it an easy day. Most I mean, of the days, it's not. I was just, I was just kidding there, but, but when we combine flights, I do hear feedback on that. I've heard a little bit of this and that, but I'd exactly, like to hear yeah. your take on. I'd like to hear your take on combining flights as well yeah. as other guys too. And we get a lot of feedback when we're playing with the senior guys. You know, I know you try to get a balance, you know, there as far as the yardage. Be fair to both, make it somewhat um, not too easy for the regular open flight, but also not too long for the uh, for the senior flight. Yeah. But you know, it's always going to be squawking and hard to balance that. Yeah, it's hard to balance that. Uh, well, so, so I, would, I wonder what the other guys would. Do, I, I, take don't, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind being combined. Doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened to me a lot last year. I mean, we. Matter of fact, even at uh, um, Gettysburg, I, I, I played with the uh, Jones flight. Jones. And I came in second. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's inspiration right there, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times we have to combine flights. Now, the, the new USAM tour, they've encouraged us to try and have six to seven players per flight. And sometimes the open flight has that. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes the senior flights have that. Sometimes they don't. So, you know, with the, the idea of getting everybody out to play, uh, four or five recently being the start of the season, I've allowed, and it's up to the local director to, to do as he sees fit for the day. So we have a lot of leeway in that. Yes, we do have guidelines. You know, we will combine sometimes to make, you know, and like what Eric just said, there weren't enough Tigers that day. So they can move up to a Jones flight and join them but if there weren't enough Jones players, they couldn't move down to the Tiger flight. They have to go up to the Palmer flight next. Yeah. Well, that's how that combination worked. Yeah, it's but, tough though, right? Because you have to balance it. Not not just for the is. distance, but also for payouts. It is. So, yeah. you know, I do it typically when registration closes, I do a uh, player count, active players. I find out who's in what flight. Sometimes I have to verify handicaps because there's a lot of new players and you know, even though they may have signed up for the Hogan flight, doesn't mean they're a Hogan. I have to do a little research on them. And, you know, we don't want a two handicap saying, well, I'm a Palmer or a Jones. And then he comes in and knocks everybody out for a few events. Till the first of the month when those events are recalculated, their handicaps recalculated, and they're adjusted to the flight that you're playing in. A lot of times, you know, there'll be that three in the open and and four in the senior. So we'll combine and make them a seven. The majority rules when it comes to yardage. Yeah. So if there's more seniors than the opens, I can technically use the senior yardage for that day. Yeah. It's sort of an advantage to the open players playing less yardage, but the seniors are playing the allowable normal, normal yardage that they okay. may be playing. Okay, that's a good point. When it that. flips over, you know, the seniors have the disadvantage because there's two seniors and seven open. The seven open, I can go as high as 6,600 yards. Yeah, yeah. So I find a happy medium at 64. Okay, but the seniors are still playing, you know, one or two or 300 yards more than they're used to be playing. 
So that's the unfairness of it. But yeah. somewhere in there, there's got to be a happy medium. Yeah, that can be tough. That's why they have 14 clubs in the bag. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that, Aaron? I'm sorry. That's why they have 14 clubs in the bag. And instead there you of go. seven, nine, they got to hit a five. Nope. <laughs> Too yep. bad. You know, you got those guys that want to say, you know, all I want to do is hit a driver and a wedge, but oh, maybe I'll have to bring a nine iron out today. <laughs> Is there anything you guys wanted to, I mean, I went through some of the stuff on my list. Is there, is there any questions that you guys wanted to, to ask to ask him as far as uh, about the tour? And... No, I think I'm, I'm good. Um, so, so are we going to be off for um, basically all of August? Because I don't see that many, um, I don't see that many uh, matches on uh, uh, in the August time frame. So, so I would, to that, I would say, I've been working on a course for the first week in August. Um, what they did this year, uh, the USEM tour did, was they shortened the season to August 23rd. Is that what, okay, all right. Yeah, so in this area, you've got the Philly tour, the Baltimore tour, and the DC tour that now technically we always have our two day majors or one day in Philly's case uh, in in August, mid to late August. Um, but now we've got to do it in the first two weeks of August. Yeah. Pretty much, two and a half weeks. So with that being said, there's, I know for Baltimore and DC, there's four rounds right there. And then I believe DC's got uh, working on an early August event as well. So, so hopefully we'll fill the first week in August with a one day somewhere um, yet to be determined. Weren't really sure on the scheduling. So that's kind of up in the air. So what do you guys think about having, um, we switched it out last weekend and had oh, the- good point. Um, not the slower, but the the one. Oh, oh yeah. Must right, let me oh, let me clear this up. So they love it. So you know, typically the the lower handicap players go off first. The higher handicap players go off last. As you yeah, all yeah. know, last year, even before that, and now this year, Baltimore Tour has flipped the flights. Mm -hmm. our our reasoning for that and again it you know sometimes it's not always the best fix not calling out any particular incident or anything like that but you know you become a rabbit group or the groups immediately following them you're on the clock so all you all of us go out because I, I do as well we all go out we all pay the same amount of money to play in an event whether you're a 38 handicap or a two you're paying the same amount. It's not fair that the higher handicap players always go last. I've never been a fan of that. I agree with you 100%. And, I, and also in the dead of summer, they always have to start at, you know, noon. To, to your credit, you know, we've had stellar rounds, some of our best rounds yet with the Tiger Flake leading the pack. If you're following the general public, sometimes there's a holdup. Sometimes there isn't, but in five events now, over the past couple of years, the Tiger Flight players or the Sneed Flight players in the past 
have put in some record times. Yeah. So yeah. it just goes to show all the other tours out there, you don't always have to do it the, the way the norm is. And the champ players and the player players and the Hogan players, Palmers and the Jones and Tigers. So I think it's really important to let people know that you're not always going to go last. Yeah. Not on this tour anyway. I look at it as in the fairness, you know, we're all in it together. We all pay the same rates. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you always have to have a 2.15 tee time Sunday afternoon. That's not fair. Yeah. So, so that's one thing I've always tried to do. You know, I get a lot of flack over it, but it doesn't matter. The proof's in the pudding. And, you know, depending on the situation ahead of the rabbit group, you know, that rabbit group, they keep right up. I mean, I've seen it firsthand, so I'm a big promoter of it. So yeah, answer. we even ran into it at Williamsburg. We actually ran into oh, yeah. the uh, um, the guys who started off on uh, number 10. Because we were okay. in a rabbit group, and we ran into them, and we... <laughs> right. You you finished in under two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I we mean, sure it, did. Yep. Yeah. You know, you can be a high handicapper, but you can be a slow high handicapper or you can be a faster high handicapper. Yeah. You know, and it all comes down to pace of play. Yeah, somebody might be a 33 handicap, but you know, they're playing faster golf. They're not, you know, picture 110 shots in a round. If you had a routine that took up an average of 30 to 45 seconds, that really wasn't necessary. Yeah. You put that on every single shot, or even 75% of their shots, if you think about it, you know, right there, you've got a six hour round. It happens yeah. all the time. But when a player, when a player eliminates those little works that they have and the, the circling the flags and, you know, cleaning every club at the, at the green rather than moving to the next tee, all that stuff adds up. Yeah. It, it can then be a problem. So it doesn't matter if you're low or high, uh, handicap if you've got those problems in your game for this particular setup competitive golf it's going to affect everybody around you and it's going to turn you know an afternoon round into a nighttime round but this was great Lori. thanks to carolyn i told her this is a very important meeting and slides the man one who knows what i'll have next but before we sign off i want to thank you lloyd um, for being a great director and having an open mind to um, welcome, you know, ideas from us players um, to improve the tour and make it uh, pleasurable for everyone to, to, to join. It, it, it's the player's tour. It's not my tour. Yeah. And and I always tell people, I'm a player first before I'm a director or anything else. I play the game. You know, my I have opinions on some things. I don't always agree with corporate stuff. I don't always agree with an individual's thought process. But I'm still a player. It's a player's tour, and uh, we adore you. We well, we adore you, adore you guys too. All. We adore everybody. You know, we're so excited when the season starts every year. Well, Carolyn, I am. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> it's a bomb. <laughs> well, all of us will be at dinner tonight, so have put the table out for three people. And there we go. You there got it. Go. But I, I appreciate, you know, for the record, I appreciate all the players and, you know, I appreciate the tour. I appreciate being a part of it. I, I never knew I would be this part of it, but um, 
glad I did it. It's been brutal sometimes. You know, it's never nice to get yelled at. I don't take getting yelled at very lightly, but, uh, you know, so normally it's all part of it. Aaron, I get yelled at every Thursday, you know. Why well, I'm not in the first group slide? Why you put me in the last group? I mean, <laughs> I'm used to it, you know. It's oh, leadership. <laughs> it's all part of it. <laughs> all part of it. Yeah. So, but hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, uh, players are enjoying the Baltimore tour events and trying to do some things differently. Yeah. You know, there might be a, a little more um, sternness and guide guidance as we go along through the year, yeah. but it's it's to make it better and. You know, we can't get new people coming in and checking it out if they hear the same old things about it. And I'm not a big same old thing kind of guy. Yeah, and before we sign off, you have to tell everyone how they can join the tour. Oh, anybody that's interested, you can go to the usamtour.com and uh, you can check, um, click on the, any of the cities there to see uh, all the many different courses and variations that are out there that are available as well as clicking on the Baltimore tour because it's one of the better tours in the area. Um, and you can see all our events. Another thing I think all players should be aware of, one thing I do talk about a lot other than pace of play and slide, is the tournament information page or the TIP, the tip. There's a lot of information on there about each individual event. Um, try to get it as accurate as we can, as well as course layouts and and directions and a lot of information on each individual event page. So make sure you check out the tournament information page and you'll find my personal email, not the regular USAMTOR email, <laughs> USAMTOR.com. You'll find my personal email and phone number there. And anybody's welcome to ask me any question at any time. I normally get right back to you. So, uh, you know, do a four-day event one on friday one on monday so take your family out there enjoy your family enjoy golf with your friends um enjoy the am tour i think you guys will love it so please sign up and thank you guys for listening to slash golf talk and we're going to do this again and take care everyone well good night everybody thanks for tuning in all right take care guys that was a great interview by lord canterbury of the Baltimore U.S. Am Tour. It was very informative. He provided us with a lot of information. So if you're looking for competitive golf, go to the usamtour.com website and sign up today. Again, I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to Sly's Golf Talk, and I'll talk to you guys again next week. Take care and hit them straight.